When facing a family law matter, it can feel like an overwhelming and never-ending court process. It's vital to know that things will look better on the other side if you hire legal counsel with the skill and compassion to help. At Stangy Law Firm, we represent clients in difficult family law matters every day. Visit FamilyLawRepresentation.com to schedule your consultation. That's FamilyLawRepresentation.com. Stangy Law Firm, here to help you rebuild your life. Stangy Law Firm has an office in Wichita. Kirk Stangy, 120 South Central Avenue, Suite 450 Clayton, Missouri. When did the image of success become so shallow and cookie cutter? It's carefree entrepreneurship, sprawling homes, and curated aesthetics, all wrapped up in a simplified social media post, rife with the latest buzzwords explaining how you're just one manifestation away from the life of your dreams. But building thriving businesses and positioning yourself as a leader in any industry has little to do with hitting these external validations and everything to do with cutting through the crap and getting to work. My name is James Patrick, and I'm an internationally published photographer, marketing strategist, and your host in this discussion. I've spent decades studying the mechanics of success so I could reverse engineer the process. Together, let's specifically define what success means to you and determine the steps to get you there. With real strategies, exclusive interviews, and game-changing ideas you can implement into your life and business. It's time to go beyond the facade, beyond the posturing, beyond the image to create real change personally and professionally. This is the Beyond the Image Podcast. My guest today is Rachel Pesto. She is a brand storyteller. Rachel, how are you doing today? Good, thank you. I'm super pumped to dive in with you today. I would say long overdue. I know we we originally were trying to do this a couple years ago, and then the world shifted, life got in the way, things got chaotic, and I was so grateful when when you reached back out because it's a conversation that uh, I've been wanting to have with you for quite some time. So just really excited that that we can finally make this happen. Yeah, same, same, same. So you're a brand storyteller, and that sounds like a very interesting title. What What is a brand storyteller? Help us, help us unpack that. We'll start there. Yeah. I help people share who they really are online through branding and website design. So mm-hmm. I help people really dive into the stories and missions and visions that they want to share and we help bring it to life. And it's, it's such an interesting thing. I would say like, I remember the first person I ever hired as a contractor for my business. The first thing I ever outsourced was branding graphic design, web design, because it was, even though there are tools like Canva and Squarespace and, you know, all these tools that can help uh, non-designers like myself compensate for our lack of design, it's not really creating anything worth like remembering. It's just kind of like covering the basis, but not really creating a significant impact. So what was it in your own trajectory that got you to go that that layer deeper to realize that there is a deeper intention behind brand, behind brand design, and behind what a brand design can elicit from a prospective customer that we as the business owner might be completely overlooking? 
Yes, that's such a great question. And um, my journey actually, uh, as I, you know, progressed in my journey, I started off as a graphic designer, you know, I really resonated with that at first. And then as I went deeper into the process, I realized there's so much more to what I do than just creating graphics. So I think like for me, that's why I separated myself from being, you know, defined in that format. And actually, it goes back to art school. Um, so when I was in art school at School of Digital Arts in New York City, they taught us how to think. They actually didn't really teach us how to design. You know, funny, funny part, lots of different design schools, I think, operate differently, but they really taught us how to think about projects and the way that we wanted people to feel when they interacted with what it was we were creating. And as I started working in the entrepreneur space, I realized that was a really big piece that a lot of people were missing. We were going right into designing and, you know, like even me in the early projects that I worked on, I found myself designing from that place, like just the aesthetics and getting, you know, a beautiful brand put together. And then I realized like, this is not serving the customer. This is not really serving their audience. So we went, I started doing some deeper work there and realizing like, oh, wait, we can go way deeper here and we have amazing results when we do it. So really honing into that ideal audience and brand clarity piece um, helps us really be able to tell a story that your audience and the people that you wish to connect with actually can connect with. Mm -hmm. I, you know, I'm layering this over what I do as a photographer and, you know, 2022, it's not hard to take a good looking photo. It really isn't. And I, I, I could be an <laughs> asshole and say, listen, if you're taking bad photos in 2022, that, that, that is on you. Like there's so much information, so much technology, so many resources out there to not take shitty photos, like, you know, get mm -hmm. your shit together. But I, I, I always look at them like, it does not take much to make a good looking photo. However, it takes a lot of work to make a photo that works to make a photo that works for that client for their goals whether it's i have to take an image that can help someone land a media feature i have to take an image that sells more of those magazines off off a newsstand that stands out against all the other competition or i take a photo that pops in ad that get people to want to engage with that ad that they would not have had i not done the work to make that image work um, so yeah. I, I, I equate it to the difference between taking pictures and making images. I don't take pictures, I make images. And for your work as, as, a, as a brand storyteller, which is like, there are people who can make really pretty designs. I tell stories leveraging designs. So how do you kind of like blend together the look and the aesthetic with the functionality and the goals of, of what the client is trying to achieve? Exactly. Yeah, that's, it's a great point. And honestly, photos are obviously a huge part of design these days in general, you know, it really helps ignite emotions. And in general, it, it does help people feel something. So we basically start there, you know, we get brand clarity, figuring out um, what excites them, how they want people to feel, what are the goals that they're trying to accomplish, because, you know, having a website serves one purpose, but uh, having a brand can serve many purposes. So I think that that's really the place to start. And we actually marry all the things together. You know, a good story includes an amazing photograph. It includes strategy. It includes your copy and content that's connected to those graphics that really help tell the story. And when you start to think about really impactful brands, 
you're generally going to remember um, not always how they looked, but really how they made you feel. And I think that's the piece that we really want to tap into in the entrepreneur space and, you know, in any businesses uh, for that matter, because it's what everybody actually is searching for. Um, so getting really clear on how to start doing that um, is key. What would you recommend? So, so many of the listeners of this show, they're solopreneurs, they're entrepreneurs, and some of them may work with different designers and they may have some ideas of, well, I like this color because I like this color, or I want it to have this photo because I like this photo, or I want it to have this, this messaging because that's my tagline. They might have these little pieces or elements, but what advice would you give to these entrepreneurs who still might be just starting to think about a, a, a new approach to their brand? What, yeah. what, are they, what do they need to be looking at their assets with a different eye? What should they be looking for? How can they start to see their website in a different way or see their logo in, in a different way or see the curation of their social media account? in a different way. Yeah. What are some of the early things that, that you would give advice to? Definitely. And I think, um, so a hundred percent, that's so um, important to start thinking about this, whatever, whichever area you are starting at, or, you know, if you've been in business for 10 years and you're just wanting to take a, like a, a fresh look at what it is you're creating. Um, I always tell people it's the brand clarity piece. It's getting clear on who, what, and how, um, because really when you have those answers, like who you're creating for or who your mission's for, um, we can then start tying emotional experiences to those concepts. You know, first, like photographs are a great thing. You know, if you want somebody to feel empowered, we can create uh, certain types of photographs that help somebody evoke that emotion. Same with the colors, same with the copy. Um, and then really finding a way to pull all that together. So it's a cohesive experience, you know, going from, let's say you're just doing your social media. We know that if we wanted, again, I'll just use the word empowered. If we wanted people to feel empowered on our social media, it would probably be a, a mixture of quotes, images, um, certain types of colors that help evoke that emotion. I'm really big on pulling out brand concepts for your business and your brand in meaning like tying emotions to the brand that you have um, specific to the emotions that you want your audience to feel. And I think that that really changes the way that you create, because if we're focusing on those three, call it three words, if you choose three words that you want your, your uh, brand to be defined by, and we create everything from those, from that, those three words, everything will be consistent. It could also, it's just immersed into everything that you create. So it's intentional. And I think um, that's uh, really important these days, especially because there are so many online businesses, right? So we're all trying to stand out. And I truly believe this is like one of the big differentiators. I, I would say, I would agree to that and then add in another another facet of it. I think standing out is is so critically important. But also, if there's not brand cohesion, if there's not a clear connection or thread between who you say you are and what all your content is edifying, I'm going to tune out. Like, mm -hmm. I'm, maybe mm -hmm. I even go as far as unfollow. It's just not for me because it's too opaque. I'm not understanding, like you're saying you're one thing over here, this 
other thing looks completely different over there. It's not this cohesive effort that is reinforcing itself. So not only this is how you stand out, but this is how you keep people's attention. Agree. A hundred percent. It's so, it's so important because the consistency part is also what keeps people engaged. Um, because a lot of the times, you know, if you open up an email or you go to a social media account and then like it was from a different social media account and it feels completely different, you get lost, you can be confused. I often talk about this um, when people go from social to websites, people still do that. A lot of the times people don't realize how much people actually check out your website because we're spending so much time on social media these days. But the truth is, if you go to someone's website after you saw one of their TikTok videos or you saw something on Instagram and it doesn't feel anything like the content you've created, there's a huge disconnect and I might not trust you as much. So I think that those are the underlying messages that when we're creating, it can often be easy to just be like, oh, I didn't get to updating that or I'm not you know, focusing on this right now. I'm only focusing on this part of my brand. And I, I wanna remind people that we are, um, constantly engaging with people's brands these days. And so we have to be really mindful of that consistency factor because you can't control where they're coming and going, <laughs> you know? So nope. it's huge. And that's such an important thing. I, you know, so many people have this perception that there's only one front door to a website, for example, and it's the homepage of the website. But if, if you have a, a site with multiple pages, those pages are indexed individually and any one of those pages can come up in a search. Any one of those pages can be linked to. Any one of those pages can be the the door that someone walks into. And if that individual page is not consistent with your overall brand theme and story and message, I'm not going to click on another page. There's no reason to. I, I, there's no reason for me to go any further in this journey. What are, you know, to get into some specificity, what are some mistakes uh, apart from like lack of consistency, but what are some common mistakes you're seeing entrepreneurs who are trying to do this themselves, you know, which, you know, I've been guilty of that, uh, that they're making when it comes to trying to tell a cohesive brand story that elicits the right emotional response from their target audience? Yeah, that's a great question. And um, I think that there's obviously many mistakes that people are making, but one that I do believe is really big, especially in the entrepreneur space is making your personal brand and experience all about yourself. Mm -hmm. You have to remember um, people are coming to your brands to learn about how you can help them. They do want to learn from you. They do want to connect with you. They do want to feel things from you and meaning like your experiences, your stories and all that. But overall, it's still one of the biggest mistakes because if I land on your website and all you're talking about is you, I don't know what I'm doing there. So I really think that we have to continue to keep that front of mind because um, people are looking for ways that they can connect with you, ways that you can help them. They're generally searching for a solution underlying. You know, a lot of the times, for example, if somebody went to your website or they interacted with your social media, they're most likely they found you from somewhere. They they are generally maybe wanting that subconsciously for themselves, for their brands. They want photos that look like that. So if they land on your website and you're not actually talking to them or speaking about something that they can directly relate to, I feel like that's a huge miss. So that's definitely one of the biggest mistakes, I think. And it's very easy to, for, to actually 
make this mistake because uh, a lot of the times when we go to designers and other professionals, um, they're not guiding you to, to focus on that. So it can be a pretty easy trap to get stuck in. What, what would you say would be a, a suggestion or a recommendation for if, if an entrepreneur is listening to this and like, you know what? Yeah, I need to get my, my assets together. What are the things that they start with? Is it, is it going back to mission plans or mantras or, or directions and goals of the, of the, the company and brand itself? Is it client avatars? Where do they start to understand the deeper purpose and intention behind the design itself? Yeah, it's definitely their ideal audience because, and, you know, uh, or the community that, that they want to be a part of um, overall, though, their ideal audience um, is going to be the best place to start and really defining, you know, what it is that they're struggling with, who they are, what do they do for fun? Where do they hang out? Um, you want to know pretty much everything about them. So you can create a brand that is really connected to who they are and really and it, it actually makes sense for you as well, because if it aligns with your mission, which it should, um, it, it should be immersed in your brand in general. Um, so, you know, it's for you and it's for them, if that makes sense, because your story is going to be uh, connected to theirs. Uh, that's why they're your ideal audience, right? So I think um, just spending a lot of time there and then obviously the messaging uh you know, I'm not saying it's more important than design, but definitely it they go hand in hand in meaning like you really want to have the right messaging to help um, help really speak to uh, not just their struggles, but like I said, like the things that they're going to feel most connected to um, when it comes to, you know, your story and what you've done to help people and the solutions that you provide, because in general, people are looking to take action when they interact with your brands. Um, mostly it's not just for the experience. It's to actually, you know, do something, sign up, go to an event, take a photo, <laughs> um, get something, you know, we're all looking for something all the time. So I think um, that's uh, just great to keep in mind when you're creating. This runs so synonymous with so much of the advice we give when it comes to targeting media and pitching to different media outlets, understanding who the audience is, what specifically that audience needs so that you can determine what you are doing that aligns with those needs, whether it's to have a solution to a problem or to have a clear benefit to achieve an aspirational identity. And, you know, as we move into the messaging, it's, it's important to understand the current status of your client avatar and where it is that they want to go and to be able to show that your product, your brand, your service, whatever it is you're offering bridges the gap that yep. you show. Yeah, I know you're right here. And I also know you want to go over there. Let me show you how, th what I do gets you from here to there. And exactly. you know, to bring in our, our personal stories a little bit, you know, they're used only in the context of this is how I did this but let me show you how to do it for yourself. Is, am, am I, am I kind of on the right track there? Yeah, a hundred percent. And it's, it's really finding that connection piece. Um, because I think again, the people that are interacting with, with our brands, it's for a reason it's, they felt something from your content. 
they felt something from a photo you took or they felt something from something you shared. And that generally makes them take an action, whether that's follow you, like the post, comment on it. Um, we're all driven around how things make us feel. And I think in general, uh, the aesthetics just, they fall in line with that. So making sure that your story is connected aesthetically to what it is you're doing and really intertwining all of that strategy into the messaging and into the, the branding. And I know it sounds complicated. I feel like people are probably listening being like, well, how do we do that on our own? And you know, like it, it, there it is, there's a complexity to this. But what I also like to remind people is you do it in steps, you know, there's, and it takes a long time to build a really impactful brand. It's not just, you know, one and done, it's an evolution and we're constantly changing as entrepreneurs. And, um, you know, I had clients that changed their website in less than a year because they evolved so quickly. So I think, you know, we're in that, we're in that space where, uh, you just have to continuously remember that, you know, where you are in your journey is, is a stepping stone and like, I think with our brands, it's building blocks. I'm glad you brought that up because we have this misperception that what we create is static and that it's final. Like my website is done, period. <laughs> okay. Uh, you know, I, I finished my brand design. Okay. It, 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 it's not static, it's dynamic, and it, it needs to evolve with us because we, as business owners, we as brand creators are not static, we are dynamic. And as we progress ourselves, it only makes sense that our brand has to grow with us or has to evolve with, I use the word evolution, yeah. that we evolve in this. And, you know, I look at this like, if I were to look at my old pages from like my early sales pages from my coaching practice, very different from what it is today. And then it shifted a lot. And guess what? It shifted yeah. again. And it's not that what was up there a year ago was inaccurate. It just was me a year ago. And it's not that what was up two years ago was inaccurate. That was me two years ago, but this yeah. is me today. And how I'm presenting myself is a little different today. And the clients I'm trying to reach are a little different today. And yeah. so this changes with us over time. So I'm so glad you brought that up because that's such an important reminder for, for listeners of the show. Yeah. And, you know, it would be the comparison to make would be like, if you were to wear the same outfit every single day for a year, like we change, we, our styles change. Like I never take it offensively when somebody decides to work with another designer because I get it. Like, I don't want the same color paint on my wall. You know, like I want to try new things as a creator, as a, you know, as an entrepreneur, I just feel like that's something that's taken me a, a while to learn, but it feels really good to actually feel it and, and live that way. Because I think that it means that I'm truly embodying the evolution of myself and like being in that journey and staying present with what's going on. And I know that like how my brand is today, like in a, in a year from now, or even a few months from now, like it's going to be super different because I'm changing. And I actually, I like that. I don't want to stay the same, <laughs> you know, and I don't think really anybody does for the most part. I mean, we're all a little bit afraid to change, but. <laughs> mm -hmm. So what, what would you say get, as because a lot of this stuff, as you mentioned, it can sound complex 
and it can sound lofty. Like, okay, I, I yeah. need to work on the aesthetics. I need to work on the messaging. I need, okay. And, and you can work incrementally on things, but what, what would you say in regards to how should we, as we're working through things, be testing them, be putting yeah. them in front of audiences to see, is this working or how is this working? Or is this working in the way I thought it was? Is it not working? Or is it working in a way that I, it could be even be better? Yeah. And I think a lot of that we, we can use by defining goals. So if you start off by defining goals in your brand, whether it's like, what do you want to be recognized for? What do you want to help people with? Um, what are the main actions that you want people to take when they interact with your brand? And you start to figure out if some of these changes are evoking those actions and whatnot. And when we're talking about aesthetics, you know, there's always a way to, uh, you know, send it to your list, check in with them, ask, ask your audience. I think that's the best part. We forget, um, we, we really do forget that there are always people watching what we're up to. Um, you know, there's always people that are paying attention to what we're changing or what we're sharing. Um, and those people would love to share what they think um, if we ask them. So I, I'm a big believer of testing in that format, asking your audience, you know, everybody has their top, you know, top people in their audience that are always engaging, email them, send them a message, um, be personal about it and get feedback. Um, obviously there's more like ROI analytic testing that everyone knows that they can do um, when it comes to their website and stuff like that with sales pages. So, you know, definitely if you have those resources to, to, to do that, definitely do it because it does pay off. It can, you know, like I had this guy come to me and he's like, my sales page is converting, but you know, I don't love the design. And I was like, well, I don't want to mess with it if it's working, but I think we can update it. And then he can test it again and make sure it converts the same way. If it doesn't, we can revert it back, you know? So I feel like these are the things and being able to have that flexibility. And I know for some people, it's not an option. Like they don't have that flexibility from an investment, you know, financial standpoint, you know, you'll have to do, you'll have to, to bootstrap that one a little bit when it comes to testing your results. And that's okay. Like, I think, you know, there's no wrong or right way when it comes to this. And a lot of it's just going with what really feels in alignment for, for you and your brand. Um, and I, I really truly believe that. <laughs> so bridging off that, you know, part of this is eliciting feedback from our target audience with the emotions, our, our assets are putting upon them or, or listening from them. How do we balance providing our audience what they are saying they need while still remaining genuine to who we are? Because it, mm -hmm. it, it could be easy to see someone being like, well, I'll just mold myself into what my audience wants or expects or what I think they expect of me. And I'll, I'll be honest, Rachel, that's something I've been guilty of. Uh, yeah. You know, especially in the coaching space, it was like I thought I had to embody a certain identity in order to be taken seriously as, as a, as a coach or as a marketing strategist. And a lot of my assets move that direction as a result. And, you know, I've, I've corrected course since then, but what does that balance look like of what is the, the intention of this messaging versus who am I? And are these two things working in concert together? 
Yeah, it's a really good question. And, and honestly, I would say that probably 95% of entrepreneurs struggle with this on many different levels, especially people that have built pretty big audiences, because the truth is, as you continue to evolve, I believe that you have to continuously do this process. So it's not like you can wait two years, like let's say you gained an, a, a large amount of audience in a short amount of time. Well, maybe not that entire audience is in alignment with who you really are and where, you know, like where you started as to where you are now. Um, so finding ways to kind of continuously share that intention and alignment. So I recently worked with this guy who did um, like storytelling and um, like he went really into like the your messaging and stuff. And so he kind of helps you develop your own core belief um, that you could use as a guide. And I thought it was genius. Um, his name is Chris Ford. He's awesome. And uh, he, I thought it was genius because I think everybody needs almost like their own inner guidance here. So like a lot of people would just call that your brand values. Um, I think that overall, like if you can go back to your brand values and really hone into who you are as a professional, like what it is you stand for, why you're doing what you do, and is it still the same as what you have created? If it's not, then you could start making changes. Um, if it is, then great. You know, I think, uh, and as it continues to change, you could start saying to your audience, like, you know, I know there's a lot of people that have been here during this time, but as I continue to evolve, like these are the things that are at my front of mind during you know, and I hope you'll join me in this growth because I think, you know, again, some people will and some people won't. And I think that's the, that's the challenge about having, you know, not just one call it niche in your audience. And I think a lot of people are feeling that these days where it's like, you know, even for me, I could serve many different people in different places and spaces in their careers. Um, so sometimes it's difficult to figure out like who you're talking to when you're making a post or creating or building a brand. Um, so using these like core values and even having your own like questioning that you ask yourself could be really helpful uh, to make sure you stay in alignment. And that's why in general, like that's the process that I do with clients is really like go into specifically like why you're doing this, what it's for, you know, like, and keeping that in front of mind as we're creating everything, because it's super easy to just get off path being like, I love the way this looks. And meanwhile, it has nothing to do with what we're creating. So it could be, uh, there has to be somebody focusing on that when we're creating the brand. <laughs> I like that you give the advice of pulling the curtain back a little bit and bringing the audience into some of the brand creation or evolution as, as it's uh, shifting. And I think what that does is it humanizes yeah. the, the, the brand itself, which makes me think of this question, which is, have you noticed there being more of a push into having a very real human element that your audience can connect to versus you know, early on, especially in entrepreneurship, there's this tendency to try to make your brand seem a lot bigger than it might be, or try to disconnect the brand identity from your personal identity, because your personal identity is 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 so new and novel, and, and you have to build this very impressive looking brand. Have you seen it go the other way, which is 
no, we need to bring the human element back into the brand. And that's the way we connect with our audience. Yeah. And honestly, like social media created that. I mean, it's just, there's no way around it now. Uh, Unfortunately, like if you're an entrepreneur and you're like, I don't want to be the center of my brand or share what's going on in my life. I do believe that you're going to be missing the connection with an an audience that's looking for it because Mm -hmm. we're all looking for connection, especially after the last three years. I mean, more than ever, people are wanting to feel something significant, um, especially when they're interacting with brands. And you can see it like Instagram, uh, a good example on what we were actually just talking about before is Instagram. You know, they've been making tons and tons of changes. They've been getting tons and tons of lashback about these reels and how they're they're changing the way Instagram was like there's like a whole petition about like bring Instagram back to just photos, you know, like and I get it. I get it. People want people want what it is that it that it was and it's evolving. And so Instagram is actually dealing with the exact thing that we're talking about. It's like growing pains. They're trying to find who their audience is now that that's the social media world has changed. I mean, it's completely different and people are really looking to have an emotional connection. So when you're building a brand, uh, you know, and there's a lot of entrepreneurs that are like, you know what, I'm taking myself out of the brand and that's fine that you could, you could build a brand without you as the center, um, and still bring in an emotional story that is behind why it's created and that's fine. So again, a reminder, like there's always solutions to how you want the brand to be like, that will feel in alignment for you. Like I think a lot of people are being forced to um, step into a spotlight that they don't really want. And I think not everybody wants to be in the spotlight. Like I have no desire to be on a stage ever, like (laughs) whether it's stage fright, whether it's whatever you want to call it, like, it's just, it's not my vision. I don't want to be on TV. Like I like just helping, you know, helping people and creating. And I think that's okay. You know, I think there's uh, and same with the, the brands and businesses. It's like, if you want to be behind the scenes in your business and you just want to have a really professional brand, do it. Like, so I always like to kind of give that perspective because um, behind the scenes, people talk about that a lot and no one really talks about it on social media because it doesn't really look good to be like, I don't know what I'm doing with my brand, <laughs> you know? So it's, yeah, I think. having that level of openness and honesty, should that be part of one's core values? I think, I think that would be quite well received by, by a target audience. And, you know, you particularly, particularly in the last three years where you had so many individuals find out that they're an entrepreneur and they never knew it, you know, because they started something just to scrape together a side hustle. And all of a sudden it took off and they're like, yeah, I have no idea what I'm doing, but I love doing this thing. And it means a lot that you're supporting it. Like that, that very just open and honest and transparent approach to it. There's something so endearing about that, that I, that I absolutely love. And I was thinking about like the shift over the last, I want to say five or six years, I've noticed in mainstream ad campaigns that are trying to pull in that human element you know, and I'm mm-hmm. talking like big national brands that are doing major, major ad spots and they're putting their CEO on camera 
to try to like humanize the CEO. I'm like, that's such a terrible fucking idea. Like, I don't so give a bad. shit what the CEO of Domino's has to say about their fucking pizza. Like, that is so like, I don't know who came up with that idea. They're like, oh, yeah, people want to see these eight figure earners uh, that they're telling you why you need to buy their pizza or, um, you know, drink their drink their beverage. Yeah, th- these are the people we need to connect with. I think that a lot of, yeah, that it, it's, I think companies are really struggling with this because it really changed, the branding space changed a lot. Um, and I think that one of the big changes is what you're talking about. And specifically, not the fact, it's always been about feelings, how we make people feel like brands have always lived around that, but they didn't always get connected to personal stories and vulnerability and shares. Like now there's lots, you know, and lots of that in brands. And I think where companies specifically like, you know, a CEO like that, they're getting lost because they don't know what their story is now. Like they don't know how to use stories that people can connect with. And I think they're struggling, whether they're working with like agencies that are just stuck in, you know, the dinosaur age or or whatever. Um, I think that they really need to understand that connecting with their audience. And that means something completely different for each type of brand. It doesn't always mean sharing your deepest, darkest secrets about what happened in your life, right? (laughs) It could really mean, you know, figuring out a brand positioning for that specific dominoes, right? That, you know, their main audience is gonna connect with. It's not not gonna be the CEO for sure. (laughs) Mm -hmm. A picture of him will never ignite that. So I think, you know, there's a lot of companies that are kind of backpedaling in this, in, in that zone, trying to figure it out. And I do think, um, the personal branding space has, has really figured this out a bit more, um, which is great for us. (laughs) It is amazing. The leverage that an individual can create for themselves, uh, applying all the tool sets that are at their disposal. What, you know, when we look at, I have a marketing background, it's easy to look at data and test an ROI uh, on a campaign. You know, I can look at, like we, we just ran a campaign um, with a affiliate partnership and I'm looking at open rates and click-through rates and, you know, number of registered attendees. And yeah, I can put a dollar value to every person who signed up for something. And, and I know what my ROI was and I know what my cost per lead was very specifically. And then when I run this test again, the goal is to get that down. Like it's, it's so easy to, to wrap my head around that being that I'm, even though I, I, I'm, I consider myself an artist, an artist, uh, as a photographer, um, the idea of the right brain and the role of the right brain, whether it's design or story, or, you know, I mean, story is part of the human experience, mm-hmm. And, and pairing, you know, design and, and messaging and story together, uh, all right-brained skill sets, by the way. What I don't know, how does one evaluate the efficacy of, of, a, of a brand design or a brand over? How do we know, oh, this is working? Like this, we, we're, we're in the right direction or it just looks good. Yeah, it's a really good question. I mean, the real truth of it, and I'm not sure I have the best answer for this because I'm 
I believe in energy. You know, I think that overall, if something feels like it is right, it often is. If it mm -hmm. feels off, it there's often something that really isn't working and you'll generally get that feedback and it probably will show up in sales as well um, in some format, you know? And I mean, listen, there's certain marketing tools that like override the design. I mean, I know really, really awful sales page designs uh, that have still worked, but I believe that they're using user experience and they're using the other tools like the messaging and they have, they have one part of that that's working. Um, so yeah, like, could you do that? Sure. But what I like to tell people is that I think if you have all three working, like when you really figure out that piece of it, it takes it to a whole other level. Um, and I do believe they're like memorable, memorable brands like Apple. They figured it out. You know what I mean? They figured out their combination and it's different for everybody, what it looks like. And for a lot of people getting started, maybe the design really won't um, make that big of a difference for them. And they want to focus on marketing. I think though, at some point and at some level, uh, aesthetics matter, you know, and I always believe that. And, you know, there's some people who you'll talk to and they can't tell the difference between a nicely designed website and a not nice design website. There's people out there like that. I don't, I personally, it stops me dead in my track. <laughs> like I just can't, you know, and seem like with a store, or with an Instagram, like if I can't understand the information, like I'm out and there's a percentage of people that you're losing if you're not focusing on that. So I feel like that's how you measure it. You just realize like, all right, these are our results. But I think when you add design to that, or you add kind of that underlying other factor, uh, it could maybe mean that your results could be double. It could be triple maybe with with having the right design and the right story connected to it. So uh, marketing does work. I will not sit here and say, say the opposite because I've seen clients that are just like, they're like, I'm putting out this, you know, click funnel sales page. And I mean, it truly converted for them. So who am I to say, change your design? Mm -hmm. <laughs> I won't do that. But I will, I will remind people that if it did have good results, chances are if you update that aesthetic and user experience and add in the story, like I would be shocked if it didn't improve. Mm -hmm. It's amazing. Like how, well, one, I, I will say it's, it's easy, I think, to overlook a lot of the value of this yeah. because it's not as tactile because it's, it is more in that, that right brain creative, but you know, the thing that I've, I've been so uh, excited by is, you know, I've been running my conference now we're going into our eighth year and I went into a totally left brain. This is a conference. This is the objective. These are the speakers. This is the outcome. This is the price sign up. And, mm -hmm. you know, working with my team when they start to even just these, these, what I think are innocuous shifts or changes or updates to, aesthetics or user experience. When we get evaluation forms back from attendees, those are the things they're commenting on. I can't believe they thought of this one thing. This one thing, yeah. I, I will always remember this one thing. I'm just like, well, what, who thought of that? What, what? And then I have to look at my, like, oh, okay. Wow. <laughs> Good job. Like, I never would have, I never would have, like my brain wouldn't have even gone there. And yeah. what is so amazing about this is, all of this ties back to, and I think one of the things that, you know, I'm so glad that we we're able to have this conversation is like, this is a conversation about design where we really didn't talk about design. 
Exactly. It, it was a conversation of intention. It was a conversation of, of purpose. It was a conversation of really getting a very real, honest view of who you are, who you are trying to serve, and what those commonalities are to how to reach them. And I think that that right there is what is so exciting about this conversation is because it makes it now attainable. It makes it now achievable. This is something that any listener of the show can embark on and start to improve their 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 branding assets to have better conversations with their audience. Yeah, I agree. It's so exciting. And I love the fact that I get to empower people and educate them on, on this. And that's one of my main missions, because I do believe that a lot of the times people end up at designers doors when they're starting a business and they think that they're going to work with this designer and create their business. And the truth of it is we're not there to create your business. We're actually there to bring the different elements of your brand and business to life based on all the other hard work stuff that you created, your offers, your ideal audience, the brand clarity. Um, and it's, uh, I think it's a huge, uh, not misbelief, but miseducation that's showing up for, for so many years now, just overall about uh, creating a brand and, and the design part of it. Because designers are, we take the assets that are given to us and create a solution that's like the definition, you know, I obviously, you know, learned over the years that I can create solutions even without people's assets at this point, based on what it is they're trying to create, you know, like we can work that way as well. Um, if you were taught those skills. So I think, you know, there's so much behind branding and what people do and the different pieces. I think, uh, that's my main mission is to just help people understand that there are different experts and people to help you along the way with each one of these pieces and you don't have to do it alone and not one person's going to have all the answers for you like that's just the truth of it at this you know with how in-depth uh building a brand and business is these days uh, perfect uh, segue where can listeners go to learn more about you the amazing work you do and connect with you on on some of the projects that that you're working on and that you have to offer yeah, um, definitely Instagram and TikTok are great places to find me right now. Um, uh, so it's just Rachel Pesso and on my website, rachelpesso.com and soulthemes.com, which are my templated websites. Amazing. Well, we're going to make sure all those links are in the show notes. Rachel, absolute delight. And just want to thank you so much again. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to the Beyond the Image podcast. Please follow, like, and review wherever you happen to listen to the show. And if you want to connect to me, you can find me at jamespatrick.com, Instagram at jpatrickphoto, or you can text me any of your marketing questions to 480-605-3254. Thanks again.